I want to read a couple of verses to you that I, I preached this to our church yesterday, and I just, it hasn't left my spirit. So I was just kind of uh, praying about what to do tonight, and this kind of just feels like I need to continue it. So, um, but I want to read to you two texts. You don't have to stand. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4, and then uh, Matthew 14, uh, 22 through 32. Ecclesiastes 11, 4 said, He that observeth the wind, shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. And Matthew 14, verse 22, straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, go before him into the other side, and while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. And the Bible says the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves for the wind, was contrary. Fourth watch of the night, Jesus came unto them walking on the sea. You know the story. The disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. And straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, as I be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he had come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. I want to talk to you tonight from this subject, wind watchers and wave walkers. Wind watchers and wave walkers. Let's get into it. Heaven and hell are constantly fighting each other, and heaven creates and hell counters. Hell acts. Hell does not create, but they react to what heaven does. Anything heaven wants in your life, hell wants the opposite of that in your life. Heaven wants good, hell wants evil. Heaven wants love, hell wants hate. Heaven wants peace, hell wants trouble. Heaven wants joy. Hell wants sorrow. Heaven wants health. Hell wants sickness in your life. Heaven wants laughter. Hell wants depression. Heaven wants unity. Hell wants division. Heaven wants submission. Hell wants rebellion. Heaven wants humility. And hell desires pride. Heaven wants gentleness. And hell desires violence. Heaven wants reconciliation. And hell wants resentment. Heaven brings salvation. Hell brings destruction. Heaven brings life. Hell brings death. It's just, it's just, you can go on and say they're just the opposite of each other. I would say that there were two words that describe these kingdoms and their currency and what they operate in and what one takes, uh, one kingdom requires and what the other kingdom requires. The two words would be faith and fear. Heaven operates by faith and hell operates by fear. Uh, we all know the Bible says that faith is the only way you can please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We all know that the Bible also says God has not given you the spirit of fear. Fear is a demon. It is a spirit. Uh, it is not your friend. It's not something that's part of your personality. Fear is a spirit. Anxiety is what fear means in the Greek. And a lot of 
will say my anxiety like it's their pet or their their uh, child when really it is a spirit. And so fear is how hell operates and faith is how heaven operates. Now, what the, the main thing here is that they want all of your life decisions based in one of these currencies. Heaven wants your life decisions to be based in faith and hell wants your life decisions to be based in fear. Faith pursues fear retreats. Faith believes fear doubts. Faith endures fear quits. Faith expects fear inspects. Faith declares fear disputes. Faith trusts fear is suspicious faith worships fear worries faith praises fear panics faith is calm fear is chaotic the reason people tend to lean toward fear in their decisions is because faith is irrational while fear is very rational Faith defies logic, while fear defers to logic. Faith ignores the details, while fear demands details. Every decision of your life will be faith-based or fear-based. Either God's going to come through or I'm going to lose everything. I will survive this or this is the end. Decision you make will be rooted in fear or in faith. And nothing brings out these two emotions in a human being like the presence of God. When God's presence comes into a room, you are faced with either getting full of faith or getting fear. Same service where the power of God moves one person to run the aisles or run to the altar causes another person to sit and quiver and not respond. Presence makes some people draw near and others withdraw. His presence causes you to have to respond in one way or the other. You're going to have faith come on you or you're going to have fear come on you. And whatever one you believe and whatever one you listen to, will be the one that controls your actions and your outcome. No matter what storm you are in, faith, fear, no matter what you're trying to do, the presence of God will bring out the emotions of faith or fear. Are you ready? Let's go into it. Jesus tells them to get into a boat and go to the other side of the sea while he goes up to pray. I want you to see something here. They were not afraid of the storm they entered. There were other storms that they did fear, but this storm, they're not afraid. These are fishermen that deal with storms and they're working in it. One, one of the writers of the gospel said they were toiling in it. They were working to get through this. You know, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And so they are doing what they he told them to do. Just go to the other side, and so they enter this storm. Let me just say this right off the bat. You can be in the will of God and in a storm at the same time. 
it has to be perfectly calm for you to be convinced you're in the will of God. You're not going to last very long in the kingdom of God because this is a war. But just because you're fighting something does not mean you're out of the will of God. Some storms are setups by God for you to see something that you've never seen him do before. And so when you enter the storm, the enemy says you're out of his will. If you were doing something uh, you know, right, you wouldn't be going through this. This is because of this. This is because of that. And you begin to think fear-based thoughts instead of faith-based thoughts. And so do I, because the storm alters our perspective of what's going on. Why is it this bad? And so now they're in the storm. They're trying to get through it. And here he comes walking to them on the water. Now, it scared them when they saw him. They know him, but he scared them. Have you ever been at home and thought you were alone? <laughs> a family member walks through the door and you're like, ah, you know. Why don't you tell me, you know, you're, well, I live here. Why don't I, why, you should know that I'm home, but, but you get caught up in something in your mind and you either forget that that family member was coming home or you forget that they were home and you, you are startled by their presence, even though you know them. They're not a burglar. They're not a robber. They're not a thief. They're your family member. But the way they came in into your situation that you were involved in mentally startles you and causes you to be afraid. Something else had your attention. Your thoughts, something else had your focus. And so their presence coming into what you were thinking about caused you to react in an abnormal way. Normally, you wouldn't do that when Jesus is walking up to you. You know him. You, you hang out with him. You talk to him every night. But, but because the storm has altered your perspective, you are fearing a God that you used to have faith in. You, you are startled by someone that you normally weep in his presence. You normally worship him, but, but now he's startling you. If, he's, if his presence is startling you. It's because the storm has altered your perspective of what's going on in your life. And so sitting there and, and the Bible said he walked to them on the water. What does that mean? That means that before they saw him, he was already headed their way. Can I just say that to you right now? Before you see him do what you're wanting him to do, he's already walking on the water. Before you praise him, for coming through. He's already coming through. Before you see the backslidden child at the altar and you finally say God did it, he was doing it while you were in the storm. He was doing it while you thought he was not caring. He was doing it when you thought, where are you, Lord? Don't you understand what I'm going through? He was there when you were worrying, when you were weeping, when you were mad, when you wanted to quit. He was walking on the water, but you didn't see him because of the storm. And so when he's approaching you, you're not picking up on the miracle because of what you're going through. But sometimes what you're going through is not stopping the miracle, even if you don't see it as a miracle. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you are about to be approached by a miracle that's not going to look like a miracle. You're going to think it's something out of nowhere. Something's coming in. Something's coming out of my left or out of my right. But God is going to come into your situation, into your storm, and you're going to know when it's over. He was there when I didn't even know he was there. Why don't you just praise him because he, he already knows where you are. 
Let's go further. So they said it's a spirit. It's a demon. That's what they said. It's a demon. They, 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 they've been around Jesus so long. I mean, they just watched him cast the legion out. Okay. So they're, they're, they, they're not exactly calm. They know that devils can get cast out by this guy. And so they said it's a spirit. The storm has skewed their view that they're now seeing Jesus as a demon. That, that's so crazy how you can see God as your enemy. Anytime you're getting mad at God in your prayer, the storm has skewed your vision. Anytime you're turning against God saying, you don't love me, you don't care about me, I, you, this is not... Oh boy, have you ever, have I ever been guilty of blaming things on the devil that really were the hand of God? Have I ever said the devil's doing this when it was Jesus walking on my water? And I said, oh, it's a, it's a spirit. Have you ever said all hell's breaking loose? When really it was Jesus just in a different form and you thought it was that if the devil wanted to, if he had a full access to your life, he would destroy it. But God is with you. And sometimes the things we praise the devil for is really Jesus walking on the water. It's just the storm has altered my perspective of what he's doing in my life. Now they're afraid of him. They weren't afraid of the storm. Now they're afraid of him. They think he's something different. This is a pretty serious encounter when you are dealing with that type of storm and it doesn't startle you, but that does startle you when it walks out of nowhere. And he said, of course, you know these famous 10 words, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. I mean, there's so much there. I just, I just want to unpack the middle one. It is I. It, it, that What he's telling them, choose to be happy, choose to be encouraged. That's to be a good cheer part. Be not afraid. Don't be, you know, don't live in fear. But the it is I part is, is what we all need to grab. He's letting them know, I am with you in your storm. No matter what you're going through, I am in this with you. You need to know right now that no matter what you're being attacked with in your mind, your body, your job, your marriage, your family, he is in it with you. If hell can convince you that he's not, you're watching your storm. If hell can convince you that he's not there, you're watching the wrong thing. And so he said, be happy. Why should I be happy? Everything's going crazy because I am here with you. And if I am with you, I didn't come down to the earth to drown in a lake. I came to die for you on the cross for your sins. So we're not going down right now. That's why on Wednesday night when pastor says, hey, hang in there, God's with you, and you get a little patty cake praise, and you think that's good, you ought to grab that word because when he says God is with you, that means you're not, you're not going down in this storm. You will, not, you will survive this thing. Before it's over, you will have victory because he's with you. If he's with you, it means you're going to come out of this. You're going to win this. It's going to be over. Lord, if it be thou, is what Peter said, <laughs> if it's really you, Bid me, or in the Greek, command me and order me to come to you on the water. Now, he said, if it's really you, give me a word that causes my fear to wither and my faith to walk. If it's really you, 
I want a word to hang on to. Let me just talk about, I've evangelized 20 years. Let me tell you, there is a difference in risk and faith, okay? And sometimes people can get crazy with their faith and, and they have no word from God. They just think, oh, God's gonna, and they just, they hang on to whatever they feel, faith in their feelings. But, and that's called risk. But if you ever get faith in a word, if you ever get a word out of the scripture or out of the preaching or a promise from God, and you start having faith in the word that you received, that's not, that's something totally different. You're walking on water, you're walking on a word. There is a difference in walking on water, Peter, and walking on a word. If you give a command, no matter what's against me, I know that command will bring me through it. So I'm not having faith in my feelings or in my giftings or in what I hope happens. I've got a promise from God. I've got a word from God. I've got a scripture that won't let me go. That is how you know you're going to win because the faith is not in your emotions. The faith is in the word of God. If you're going to have faith in something, not a word, have faith in the word of God. It's the only thing that's going to bring you through every storm you're involved in. All right. So he said, if it's you, give me a word. Give me a command. And Jesus said, come with a capital C. Come. In the Greek, it's actually a plural word, which means he was telling all of them to come. But all of them wouldn't come because they didn't have faith in the word. Only one guy had faith in the word. And so Peter makes a faith-based decision. I got a word. I'm going to step toward the word. I'm going to pursue what just was spoken to me. That's why altar calls are so important. Because when you get a word and you step toward it and you receive it and you pursue it, you're doing more than just listening for it. You're making a faith-based decision to chase what was just released in your atmosphere. And so he said, come and Peter said, I've got a word. And so I'm going to walk on the water to Jesus. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that you may not believe, but my whole life and your whole life, we've this story, if you've lived in, been in church very long, the, the, the focus is on Peter walked on the water. That was what everyone talks about, everyone thinks about. Peter walked on the water. But the Bible said, in my Bible, he said, when he said, come, Peter was come out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. It wasn't about walking on water. It was getting to Jesus. He didn't say, if it's you, let me walk on water. He said, let me come to you on the water. I don't care how I get there. I've just got to get to you. He's not trying to enjoy wave walking. He's trying to, he's on a mission. He's trying to find the one who made the waves. It's not that I want to see what it feels like. It's I want to get to the water maker who's walking on this thing that's making me lose my mind. So if I can get to the one that's telling me to have faith, then no matter what I'm involved with or what's in my way, I can step on it to get to where he is, right? Okay, 
I've got to get to him. Now, here's we're going to get into it now. And so he's walking on water. Now, this is what this is what messed me up Saturday night. He's walking on water, and the Bible said, but he saw the wind. Wait, there's two phenomenons here. There's a faith-based miracle, and there's a fear-based miracle. Faith makes you walk on water. Fear makes you see wind. Wind is invisible. You hear wind, but he sees wind. Any, oh, see, see, faith can make you see things, and fear can make you see things. Faith can make you believe things, and fear can make you believe things. Faith can make you step out in a storm. And fear can make you see things that are coming to you that nobody else sees. Let's go deeper. He's he's out there, and now he is in faith, but he's also so torn up that he looks and he sees wind. Now he's got fear on him. I've heard it preached my whole life that he took his eyes off of Jesus, and that's when he began to sing. Show me that in the Bible. It says he began to be afraid when he saw the wind. He shifted from faith to fear. He started focusing on the things that fear was showing him instead of the things that faith was showing him. And when you focus on what fear is saying and not what faith is saying, you're going to sink even in church. You'll sink in the very presence of God. You'll sink on the front row. You can sink on the platform. You can sit behind the pulpit if you are focused on what your fear is saying and not what your faith is saying. And so he shifts his focus from faith to fear and the same presence of God that he was walking on water in is now sinking in because he is now living fear-based decisions. I no longer fear God. I fear my world crumbling. I no longer fear God. I fear this person. I fear that person. I fear this situation. And this person has now become your God without even realizing it. You are more focused on what their words are and what their reaction is going to be and what they're going to say. And you have taken your focus off of God's word and God's promise in your life for your family. And you're believing something that you want heard, but now you're seeing it with your eye. Oh, I want to preach it. Faith can make you see the invisible, but fear can make you see it too, to where you picture things in your mind happening that aren't really happening. You imagine things and you believe your imagination more than the word of God. Oh, I wish... Oh, some of you believe the thoughts in your mind more than you believe the word of God that you read. The wrong thought comes in your mind, you're suspicious, you're angry, you're upset, and you was just a passing wind, but you listened to it, and now you believe it, and now you're seeing it, and now you've, you've received it full-heartedly, and you've forgotten what God said about your life, and you've completely begun to sink in your thoughts and in your mindset, and all of a sudden, fear it's wrapped its coils around you and you and you're saying things like lord save me when you were just saying bid me come mm. 
You were praying big prayers five minutes ago, and now you're saying, I can barely make it. I can barely hang on. Five minutes ago, you were asking God to move mountains, and now you feel like the mountain's on top of you. A minute ago, you were saying, God's going to do great things in our life, and now you're saying, I don't know if we can make it. God, if you care, where are you? You have shifted from faith here. Uh, it's not save me that got God's attention, by the way. It's not save me when Peter, Peter prayed, save me. It was Lord. He said, Lord, he was saying, even though I'm sinking, you're bigger than everything sinking me. <laughs> even though I'm drowning, I know you are still the master of the wind. And even though I can't fix it, if I just, that's why screaming the name of Jesus is so powerful. That's why you scream it in the, in the interstate, intersection when the car's coming at you. Because if you call on that name and you lift up the one, he's bigger than everything around. You might be afraid. But in your fear, call out to God and say, save me, get me out of this. I cannot change me or what's sinking me. I'm going down, but I, you're still Jesus. I, I think I'm losing my mind, but you're still my God. I, I think everything's falling apart, but I'm going to be there on a Tuesday night and believe the word of God while I'm sinking because my fear has got to get back to being my faith. And they were, he was sinking. The Bible said Jesus caught him and said, Where, or oh, thou of little faith, where's your, you shifted into fear? You, you, you didn't believe me. You started seeing things that weren't there, and you believed that. You know, that's why I tell our church, and maybe, maybe, maybe you don't agree, but. I tell them, don't, don't say things like my anxiety and my depression and this is my fear. You are, you are naming the demon. You're, you're raising it like a kid. It's, it's, it's not your anxiety. It's anxiety that you have power over in the name of Jesus. It's a spirit. It's an intruder. It's an illegal. It's, it's not supposed to be there. It's trespassing in your house. It's trespassing in your mind. It's trespassing in your marriage. And you're letting it sit there. And, oh, it's just my anxiety. And my mom had it. And my grandma had it. And, and you've just let the demon live there for generations. Let me tell you, we need to evict that demon and say, get out of this house. Get away from my kids. Get away from my mind. I'm going to live a faith-based life. If God if God drops me and fails me, I'll be the first person he's ever dropped and failed. But I'm going to believe him till I die that he's going to come through. He's going to get the last word. He's going to make a way. I've got to believe him or I'm going to believe the wind. Nothing will change. Here's an awesome part. The Bible said when they were coming to the boat, the wind ceased. It didn't say it ceased when Jesus grabbed his hand. It said cease when he got in the boat. What's that mean? That it's still windy, but he's not focused on the wind. He's, he didn't say Jesus carried him back to the boat. They went back to the boat. This is what happened. He's walking on the water a second time, but it's still windy, but he's not letting go of the one who helped him. In other words, my situation didn't change, but my focus went back to faith. And I never get my focus back to faith. 
even if I sank last time, I can step today because I know it's all about faith with God and all about fear with the enemy. And no matter which one it is, I'm going to be led by one of the two, by the hand of God or by the hand of hell. It's going to be based on how I focus in my storm. And if I focus in faith, the wind is still blowing, but I'm walking on the water. The wind is still raging, but I'm walking. I'm not looking at it. I'm not going to believe that. Oh, you're going to lose your marriage. I rebuke that in Jesus. You're going to lose your kids. I rebuke that in Jesus. You've got to keep those voices from being focused because if they get your focus, you're going to go back into the water. You've got to say, I'm holding on to God's hand. When I'm, when I'm by myself, I'm holding on to God's hand. When nothing around me looks like it's going to get better, I'm going to hold on to God's hand because my focus is on Jesus, not on my wind. All right. This may be a blind side, but I got to give it to you. I don't know who this was for. You want to know how to walk on water in 2024? Okay, this is, this is gonna get your answers in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1 and 11, verse 4. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1 said, Cast your bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. That word bread is your money. And then verse 4 said, He that observeth or watcheth the wind will not sow or will not give in the Hebrew. Wave walkers are givers, and wind watchers are not. I lost all the shouters there. Okay, I'll go back to here. I'm sorry. It's real quiet. Okay, let's deeper. Pete, you want to learn to walk on the water? Be a giver. Be a giver. And if you want to watch wind, hold it. Don't give. Watch and see for the break. Well, I'll give once I see things change. If you get that mentality, you are a wind watcher and you will never sow and you will never reap. But if you want to learn how to walk on water in 2024, the key is not your feet being on the water. It's your money being on the kingdom. And when you put your money in the kingdom you are stepping out of the boat and you are saying i believe that god's going to do something in my family and in my life that cannot happen with me controlling oh it's quiet cannot can happen with me controlling it right here so i cast my bread upon the waters and when I do, it's going to come back to me. One translation said, send your money overseas and it will float back to you. That's what it literally said in one translation. In other words, if you, if you want to learn how to walk on water, you put your money where your mouth is. You don't just walk the walk. You put something behind it and you say, watch God. That's how much I believe you to do it. Don't expect God to help you in your storm if you're not a tither. Oh, this is not my notes. I'm going to say it. Let me tell you something in the Holy Ghost. When you are not a tither, you are robbing God. Tithing is not giving. It's the Bible said it's returning. What is the Lord? Tithing does not make you a giver. It makes you not a thief and not a robber. Oh, that church just wants my money. No, you are robbing God's house if you are not a tither. And if you are, it doesn't mean you're some generous person. It means you're giving back to God what he lets you have. If I drop my cell phone on the platform and you walk up and find it, 
if you are have any character, it would be wise of you to bring my phone back to me because it's my phone. But some people think when God, God don't really need it, I'll just keep it. I'll just do that. And that's why you're watching wind and your life's falling apart. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You want peace in your life? You've got to give to get some devourers out of your house and out of your family. There's some things only break when you give the thing out of your hand and let it go. That's a cute little patty. It gets so sweet. I'm sorry I got on the subject you're all mad about. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to be blessed by God, give the tithe and the offering to the Lord, and you will see it come back in ways. Can I get a witness of when you can never, ever do on your own by holding it and watching the wind? Wind watchers are non-givers. When My friend of mine texted me that I'm going to send you the text, Dad. He sent me a uh, these stats from 30 uh, from he had lost 36 people in the last two years in his church he had gained 250 but the 36 he lost all had one thing in common they gave no tithe they gave nothing to the church they invested nothing they show, they did not show up to work day they did not help anything they were invested in, in zero in their church and none of them stayed. And he said, I'm going to preach a message called the autopsy of a backslider. And they all have one thing in common. They don't give into the kingdom of God. And therefore, they cannot stay. They die in their storm. And I something hit me. And I thought, my goodness, there's got to be something in the Bible. And when I saw that casting your bread on the water, I realized this is how you get closer to God. You do things by letting go. And, you, and God brings them back to you. But when you hold them and you hoard them and you say, well, the wind's got to change before I give. Things have got to get better on my job before I pay my tithe. If I get an increase, then I'll be a No, you won't be a tither. You won't be a tither if you get an increase if you're not a tither now. You won't be a giver then if you're not a giver now. You have to do what, what you have, and therefore God gives you more. I'm off my, my notes, but I'm telling somebody tonight, if you want to be blessed by God, you want to walk on water, I'll tell you how. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. So the same measure that you meet with all shall be measured to you again. So here's the lesson for tonight. It's not about your faith and your fear. Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. And why you hold the money? Because you fear God not coming through. You don't, you, you don't have faith in God. You have faith in your control over the money because you're really serving money. I'm off my stuff, Dad. Just stop me when you want to stop me. I'm, but I'm telling somebody right now that your faith in money is only going to last till the money lasts. And once the money lasts and it runs out because it's your God, it can't come back to life. But if you serve the money maker and you give your life to the one who made the silver and the gold, then it can keep flowing back to you. Peter told the lame man when he wanted money, he said, silver and gold have I none. But I have the maker of the silver and gold. <laughs> I don't have the product, but I have the source of the product. I just happen to know the one that made what you're asking for. I'm not going to give you some tiny thing. I got something far greater to get. That is how you get that place. Is, that's walking on water. That's the dimension where you're seeing things others don't see. 
because you give things others don't give. I challenge this church and whoever's watching right now, I challenge you this year to be a giver. And one, you put your put a note in your phone one year from right now and see if you're not more blessed in one year by giving to God more than you did last year. And you tell me one year from now, if you're not blessed, if you've just lost everything, I dare you to challenge God. That's not me being arrogant. The Bible said, prove me. And see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. God's, God's daring you. God's, I dare you. Walk on water. Come. Get on the water. Put your money where your mouth is, Peter. That's what he's saying. Put your money where your mouth is. You want to walk, walk. Here's how you do it. And that's how you can become great in the kingdom of God. I love you. I'm sorry for this. If you're offended, I apologize. Get over that Greek spirit. You won't be mad. All right. All right, Dad, cheers. I love you.